64 million Americans have bunions. Woo, you heard me correctly. That is a lot of bunions. And it affects over 35% of women over the age of 65. Bunions are also known as hallux valgus, and it's basically when your big toe forms a bony bump at the base. This can be due to genetics, weakness in the toes, or the environment, aka a narrow toe box. Today, we're going to talk about why bunions are so prominent in runners and what we can do about it. So let's dive in. Welcome to Rehab for Runners, the podcast for runners who are ready to get out of pain and run with more confidence. Dr. Lisa will guide you with the clarity you need to unleash your potential with tools, practical tips, and exercises so you can enjoy your runs and exceed your goals. Welcome back to another episode of the Rehab for Runners podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa, and let's face it, runners do not have the prettiest feet. There are calluses, blisters, black and blue toenails, or black and blue blisters. There are corns, and maybe you're even missing a toenail. And I never recommend that a runner gets a pedicure because when you're training or you're in higher mileage, you don't want your feet to be soft. You want those calluses to form because otherwise you're just going to blister easily. I know this because I have done this. Last year when I was training for the half marathon, I got my toes done because I was in a wedding and I was like, oh, I'm not in as high mileage right now, so I should be okay. But I was very wrong because two days after I got my toes done, I ran three miles and I had two huge blisters. So take it from me. It's okay that your feet don't look pretty. You want those calluses. You want your feet to form that reaction to the friction. Otherwise, you're just going to blister easily. And let's face it, blisters are way worse than calluses. (laughs) I got two blisters on my toes from the marathon and they still look awful. They still don't feel great. So I'd rather have a callus there any day of the week. But when taking care of your toes and taking care of your feet as a runner comes into play is not about getting pedicures at all. It really comes down to one, cutting your toenails, which, you know, do what you want with that, but also strengthening your feet, including your toes. Otherwise, you could end up with a bunion or a bunionette. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It sounds so cute, but it's really not. A bunion forms on the base of the first MTP, so your big toe, and a bunionette forms on the base of the fifth MTP, so like your pinky toe area. Again, it's not that cute, even though it sounds cute, but it can really be debilitating, especially as a runner who is constantly on their feet and having to use their feet. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of bunions are hereditary, so you can't change that. You can try to slow down the formation of a bunion, but if your, you know, mom and your grandma and every generation has bunions, you could be higher risk for a bunion. Now, there are other things to consider, such as your shoe wear and the strength of your toes. Again, you really do want to slow down the formation of a bunion if you know it's coming. 
And there are a couple ways that you can do this that we're going to get into. But a lot of the time with bunions, it's something that you want to catch early. So the second you see the base of your first toe, your big toe, start to go medially. Like you can see a little bump forming on the medial side and then maybe the base of the toenail starts to rotate or sort of like turn to face the second toe. So it's kind of like at a 45 degree angle facing diagonally towards the second toe and then you have the bump on the medial side. So the second that that starts happening, I would say we got to take care of it and really, really start to strengthen weak areas of your feet and your toes as well. We really want to start by addressing the bunion with conservative treatment. So that means we're not looking at surgery as the first option. It really, just like anything else in the body, surgery is always the last option after you've exhausted conservative treatment or if the pain gets too high and you really can't function because of the pain level. So we're going to talk a little bit about the conservative treatments that can occur But first, I want to talk about why are bunions forming in runners? Because I feel like when I have posted about this on Instagram, the feedback I get, like, I didn't know I could help this bunion. So I want to be clear that if you have a full-on bunion, you cannot change the shape of the bunion unless you have surgery. What you can do is decrease the pain so it's not as painful when you're on your feet, when you're walking, when you're running. So make sure you consider that the only way to fix the shape of the bunion, if it's a full-on bunion, is surgery. But again, the surgeon is not going to do surgery unless your pain level is so high, you've exhausted all conservative treatment, and this is like the last case scenario. Because I think research has said that 20% of bunions come back after surgery. So that's not even fixing the problem. It's really just shaving the bone, correcting the alignment of the toes. And then you're if you're doing the same thing with your feet after surgery, it's just going to come back. So let's talk about why it even comes on in the first place, because this will give you a better idea of how you can correct it early on or how you can decrease the pain. A bunion forms because, and this is assuming it's not from genetics, from what is called Wolf's Law. Now, Wolf's Law is a medical principle stating that bone grows and remodels in response to the forces that are placed upon it. So if we apply this law, it looks like the big toe is pushing against the second toe over time either from lack of big toe mobility or the force that is supposed to go through the big toe over time becomes a more medial force and causes the bone to move medially over time because of this repetitive activity. Runners who overpronate have a higher risk of developing bunions because the force is repetitively going towards the medial side of the foot versus the force ideally going straight through the big toe during push-off. Now, a lot of a bunion forming and this bone formation over time is happening from stance phase to push off, which means it's basically once your foot hits the ground and the other leg is swinging through until your big toe pushes off the ground. 
So if your big toe is not mobile enough, if it doesn't have the correct range of motion, maybe it's also not stable enough, your body's going to find a way to compensate. So it's either going to go, if your big toe is weak, it's going to find an area that's stronger and that might be your medial side or your lateral side. So in this case with a bunion forming, more force is going through your medial side and then over time it's just translating through that bone So it's going to form a bunion versus it going all the way straight through your big toe, pushing off your big toe. So it really depends on where the forces are going. Again, this could be from lack of mobility in the big toe, lack of arch control or lack of big toe stability as well. I actually have noticed a slight bunion forming in my left big toe over the past two years, and it just keeps looking like it wants to develop a bunion. But oddly enough, it's on the same side that I continue to get injured on or have an injury on where I need to quickly start rehabbing that side so it doesn't go into a full on, you know, injury where I'm sidelined. So whenever I'm increasing my mileage, I have to really make sure that I'm stretching my big toe. I'm working on stabilizing my big toe. I'm working on pushing off from my big toe. So think about like a single leg heel raise. I'm making sure that my big toe practices pushing into the ground while my heel is up in the air during that heel raise. Otherwise, it's really, really easy for me to compensate by bringing my heel out to the side laterally or putting more force through the other four toes on the lateral side. Toe spacers help with this a lot as well, just to help align the toes and stretch out the toes. So strengthening in those toe spacers is like double brownie points. I will link them below if you don't have toe spacers, but I think that they are great to wear. Every runner should be working on strengthening their feet and their toes, but also working on the alignment. So these do help with preventing a bunion from forming, but you can't necessarily reverse what's already happened if you do have a bunion. So consider that. They still would be good for you to wear just to strengthen your feet and decrease pain in your bunion, but please note you can't reverse a full-on bunion unless you're having surgery. So a lot of the time when someone does have bunion surgery and they're getting that bone shaved off on the medial side to align the big toe... They're not necessarily following up with those three things that I said, the big toe mobility, the big toe stability, and arch control and like overall foot strength, and therefore a bunion is just coming back. So, I mean, that's such a high percentage of bunions coming back, and it's for a reason. So if the bunion continues to come back, another thing to look at besides the big toe mobility and stability is also your shoe wear. If you're wearing, you know, high heels with a pointy toe and your toes are crammed into this small toe box for majority of the day, you're not able to get that force and that load through your big toe when you're walking like you should. So that's going to, you know, Wolf's Law is very prevalent with someone who has a narrow toe box. It's not just for high heels because there are a lot of running shoes that have narrow toe boxes. 
I personally like Hoka's or Ultras have a good wide toe box, but I don't love running in Ultras. They just don't work for my feet, so I tend to walk in them. So it's important to also look at the toe box. Nikes have very narrow toe boxes. I know there are some people swear by them, but do consider that they have very narrow toe boxes. So do Saucony's. A lot of the Saucony shoes have narrow toe boxes as well. So, you know, if you're using toe spacers, you're working on this big toe mobility and stability and foot strength, you have to remember that your toes are meant to spread out. They're not meant to be crammed in a shoe. So consider that when you're running, but also outside of running, like in the shoes that you're wearing on a day-to-day basis. Let's talk about some conservative treatment options that the research has found to be beneficial and respond well to. So I talked a little bit about muscle strengthening, toe spacers, braces or splints for the big toe, and anti-inflammatory drugs or injections, orthotics, or changing your shoe wear. So that's like the overall picture of things that can help decrease the pain in the bunion. The research is really looking at, they don't, research doesn't care what your feet look like, if I'm being honest. They don't care how pretty your feet look or how not pretty your feet look. They are looking at decreasing the pain that a bunion is causing because that's the only thing that's going to promote surgery, not I don't like the way my feet look. Can you do surgery? The surgeon, if it's a good surgeon, I don't I want to say I don't want to say all of them will say this, but if it's a good surgeon, they're going to say we are not doing this unless you've exhausted all those conservative treatment options and you're still having very high amounts of pain to where you cannot do the things that you want to do. Okay, so consider that. Let's go break down these treatment options, though. So an anti-inflammatory drug is I'm pretty self-explanatory. This could be a pill. This could be an injection to decrease the pain and decrease the inflammation. The inflammation is going to come on because of the repetitive amount of rubbing into a certain area. So it's just in that cycle of the inflammatory stage where you just can't find a way to reduce it. You might even have or develop a red spot on your bunion if your shoes are super narrow or like a blister callus. So consider shoe wear with this. I think that this is a good idea, just like with any injury, really, if you can follow it up with addressing why the pain is coming on. So don't just go and have an injection in your bunion without trying some rehab exercises, changing your shoe wear, maybe trying toe spacers. So do consider that, you know, your bunion and your pain is going to go down with that injection, but it's not going to last forever. The next thing is shoe wear. So I kind of already said this, but we really have to consider a wide toe box and we do have to consider changing our shoes. I personally think that you don't necessarily need to get a wide shoe, but you do need to be able to spread your toes out. And I just think that so many big running shoe companies have the smallest little toe box. It's not efficient for your running form, first of all. It's not efficient and it doesn't allow your toes to spread out like it should. Like Ultras has a fantastic idea of that wide toe box, but my foot just doesn't love the shoe. And I really wish that Ultras, if you know Ultras, you know that that is a wide toe box. Like your toes can spread out. There is room 
for a kitchen in that toe box. But all the other running shoes are just so narrow. So when you compare, and I can compare because I feel like I have a zillion running shoes, but comparing walking in ultras and then putting on my Sauconies, I feel like my toes are just squished. Same with OnCloud. I like walking in OnCloud, but man, they squeeze my toes. So make sure that you go to a running store, try different shoes on. It should be comfortable, but you also should have room for your toes to not just live, but spread out and be able to move so they can function correctly. Also consider the things that you're wearing on a day-to-day basis. It's really, really important to not just consider your running shoes and put the blame on your running shoes, but also what are you in for the other 40 hours a week? Really consider that. It might be a good idea to go to a shoe store or find some online that have a wider toe box. Moving on to toe spacers. You've heard me talk about toe spacers. You know I love them for so many reasons. And decreasing pain from a bunion is another reason. Because even if the damage is done, you still want to decrease that pain. You still want to strengthen your toes. I feel like a lot of people think, well, I have a bunion and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to live like this forever. My bunion hurts if I walk a lot or if I start running a lot. And this is where, you know, I don't want you to just give up on it. I want you to try these conservative treatment options. So getting toe spacers, they're like $16 with the coupon code below. And I really like the toe spacers that I have because you can sit with them on the couch and you can also work out in them or strength train in them or do the rehab exercises in them. So when you're strengthening your big toe, it is important to strengthen it in non-weight bearing, but also in a closed chain position, which means that your foot is planted on the ground or it's planted on something. And the toe spacers allows you to do that while working on that alignment of your big toe. Splints and braces might be worth it if you just started getting a bunion, but I have honestly maybe seen this once in my life. I don't know much about this, if I'm being honest. Maybe research it on Amazon, read the reviews, or maybe it's something the doctor gives you. I'm not gonna lie, I've never seen a splint or brace in my life for bunions, so I don't necessarily know if they work or any of that. So I apologize, but you know, search Amazon, read some reviews, see if it's worth it. It might be a thing like with a plantar fasciitis splint that you wear at night and it helps to correct your big toe. I'm not really sure. Moving on to custom orthotics or orthotics. Now, if you missed my TED talk about orthotics, make sure you listen to that episode because I explain the research behind custom orthotics and I'll link it below in the show notes. But going off on how I feel about them, I think they're fine to use if you need temporary pain relief, especially over-the-counter orthotics. So custom orthotics are expensive. I don't know if like certain insurances will pay for it, especially if you've met your deductible, which does not mean that you should get them, but they are overall expensive. My insurance is terrible. So I think for me, it would be like $500, $600, which is mind blowing. But so like if you're having a lot of pain, it might be a better idea to try over the counter orthotics like super feet before you jump into custom orthotics. And again, this is not a long term solution. This should be short term solution. So listen to that podcast episode if you haven't already, because I dive into more about who should be using it and how you should be using these orthotics. Now, more about strengthening the muscles and mobilizing your joint. 
I talked about this before, but we really, really, really want to slow down the process of the bunion forming. So if you can understand that it's all about where is your force going once your force goes through your foot, through your arch to your big toe, then you can understand, okay, so it's going more medially and I want it to go straight through. Like if you could draw a line from your heel to right through dissecting your toenail of your big toe all the way to the end of your big toe, that's where you want it to go. So you have to strengthen the intrinsic foot stability muscles. These are really, really, really small muscles that are really important. So I'm just going to list them off. You have your abductor halicus, you have your adductor halicus, you have your flexor halicus brevis. Halicus means big toe, really. Um, You have your extrinsics like your tibialis posterior, fibularis longus. You just have a lot of stability muscles that control your foot. Your foot is super, super complex. So maybe you've never heard of these muscles, but They really control your big toe. They control your arch and your ankle stability. So when we want that force to go through our big toe as we're pushing into the ground, we want to control the arch. A lot of that comes down to just kind of taking a couple steps back, working from non-weight bearing exercises, strengthening those muscles into weight bearing and being able to control the force. You also have to consider the mobility of your big toe. So if your big toe is super stiff, maybe even have arthritis in it, then we have to stretch out that toe, but also it shouldn't be super painful. So it needs to be in a not as painful way because we don't want to be like forcing the joint back. So if you're struggling with a bunion, you're struggling with it being formed, you're struggling with the pain and preventing a bunion, then I recommend you build up that strength, build up that stability and mobility in the foot and ankle program. If you want a full plan, then I do recommend you go through this program because it does start at a baseline, meaning you build baseline foot and ankle stability and mobility first before you build strength. So you can have a stronger foundation for the rest of your body. Not to mention if you can control and stabilize and mobilize that big toe, you are going to have a stronger push off when you're running. So there is a lot of power that's involved in the big toe. It's obviously not a powerhouse muscle, but it does control your arch stability and how your calf is turning on. So it's It's kind of like a cause and effect in our running form. So if we want a more efficient running form, we have to learn how to use that big toe. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.